Here we go. <coughs> all right. Good evening. Hope all of you are well. Tonight we're learning Maseches Rosh Hashanah Dav Chavtes, but due to some significant banter on Shabbos, Baruch Hashem, all hovering around Torah, we didn't finish Kav Ches and Midbeis. We're starting two thirds of the way down at the last of the short lines at the words Uminat Timra. Um, before we discuss that, I just wanted to share uh, what the game plan is for the Siyum. Uh, the Siyum for Maseches Rosh Hashanah will fall out on Shabbos, Amir Hashem. So the game plan is to overlearn a little bit between now and then, so that on uh, Shabbos, on Daf Lamed Hay, which is only one part of one Amud, we'll have just a couple of, of lines left, maybe the last eight lines or so. We'll do a Siyum Inshol immediately after davening, and then we'll go into a deluxe Kiddush with rolls for those who would like to wash. Uh, that way we can have a Suda Lifnei Amva'ida, a little bit more robust than usual, um, and nobody has to pay for it because um, Monarch has sponsored uh, Kiddush, for which I am very grateful, and made a condition that there has to be beef jerky. So that is our game plan. Uh, and uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, it's very exciting. And you should just know that the, the blot of Friday is the 25% mark of Shas. It's not an insignificant milestone. Daf Lamed Dalet in Maseches Rosh Hashanah is the tw- is right when we break into the twenty five point zero three nine or whatever the percentages are very very uh, very fine number of twenty five percent a quarter of shas and that is unbelievable because most of this has been in a pandemic um, and thank God we're back here as we are but there was a, a long stretch where it wasn't quite like this first over Zoom and then me unmask and all of you mask and then me in front of some screen that did nothing at all but we did it anyways. Thank God we're making we're making some strides. Let's actually try to finish our daf tonight. We're two thirds of the way down. Last of the short lines on daf kavches midbeis. The Gemara says uminatimra. How do we know uh, that this is true? How do we know that what is true? Well, we had just posited at the end of Shir yesterday that the Isra of Baltosif, There is a prohibition in the Torah of adding of adding to a particular uh, mitzvah. So the example, the classic example of, uh, that's given is if you cut your tzitzis in a way where you have another couple of corners. So that could be an iser deris of baltosif. So the Gemara said, well, maybe we should assume therefore that sleeping in a sukkah on the eighth day is baltosif. And the Gemara said in the name of Rava, no, no, it's only bismano, only when you do something bismano, not outside of its time frame. Literally today I took down my schach. So what if I slept out there? What if I sat? No, that's not this or about Tosif. That's called laziness. And that should have been taken down a month ago or whatever month it is. It's a long time ago, but it rained. Excuses, fine. So it says the Gemara, how do we know that Baltosif is linked to Isman, that it's linked to its own time? Says the Gemara, it's not. This is a bit of a lengthy uh, exposition, but the Gemara says as follows. As follows, let's say that you have a korban that requires one sprinkling and it gets mixed with another korban that requires one sprinkling. So they're all mixed. You just do one sprinkling to be yotze for each of them. The one counts for both. Good. We assume that all the blood is mixed. If you have a korban that requires four sprinklings and it's mixed with a korban that also requires four sprinklings, easy solution. Then do four sprinklings. The blood is mixed. It counts for both korbanos. What do we do, however, and here we'll see a big machlokas in the Tanoim, when it's matan dalid b'matan achas. One of the animals that I need to bring requires four sprinklings, and one of them, in this case, the animal of a bechor, and we'll see why this is relevant momentarily, uh, and the, the animal that's a bechor only requires one sprinkling, so that's a machlokas. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Yinos Nube Matan Dalit. He says you should overshoot. 
Better to overshoot than to undershoot, and therefore he says you should do four sprinklings. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, nope, you nostin b'matan achas. Rabbi Yeshua holds the line, he says, no, we follow the smaller number. Now, logically speaking, what's the big deal? Like, just do four. Like, what? So, okay, so some of the blood belongs to the animal that's four. What's the problem? So Amr lo Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar says to Rebbe Yeshua, harehu over Tigra. You're not allowed to do less than the Torah commands. With the first animal that required a sprinkling of four, you're only doing one. In which case, that's Baltigra. You've reduced whatever the Torah commanded of you. That's not, that's not allowed. Amr lo Rebbe Yeshua, that's a terrible argument because harehu over al-Baltosef. But if you do four then the part of the blood that belongs to the Bechor, so then that's Baltos, if you did four sprinklings instead of one, so says the Gemara, Amar le Rebbe Lazar, lo nemar Baltosif, el We only say Baltos, if he says back to Rabbi Yoshua, in a vacuum. But when there's multiple forces at play, in this case, for example, we have two Korbanos that have their blood mixed up, one of four sprinklings and one of one. We don't say Baltosif in such a case. And Rabbi Yeshua says back to him, Amar lo Rabbi Yeshua, uh, Amar lo Rabbi Yeshua, no, lo nemar Baltigra. I could argue the same exact thing, Baltosif and Baltigra, the same Pasuk. So maybe we should assume that there too, that it's only in a vacuum that, uh, and therefore no one should have any, any real good reason to argue with one another, says the Gemara. Ve'od, and here's where things get a little different. Amar Rabbi Yeshua, I, who am of the opinion that you should only Give one sprinkling of blood when the blood of an animal that requires four sprinklings and the blood of an animal that requires one are mixed. I only say one. Kshalona sata, when you don't overdo it, when you only do one, so you're right that avarta al baltigra, that maybe it's possible that you violated the issue of baltigra of reducing the, the way that a mitzvah should be performed. However, uh, but you didn't actually do anything. It was a passive prohibition. Masha'inken kshenosata, when you overshoot and one of your animals is a bechor that only requires one set of sprinkling and the other animal is a four, but you don't want to overshoot. When you do overshoot, then this is the distinction that we would call versus kumvase. So Rabbi Yeshua takes a different angle. He's like, even if you're right, even if you're right that only doing one is baltigra, but at least it was done You have to do something. You have the mixed blood of an animal that requires four sprinklings and an animal that requires one. Which one's better? Do we do the one or do we do the four? Rabbi Yeshua says, let's do the one. Because in the event that it really is Baltigra, fine, at least it was and not it was passive. I did one sprinkling and then I stopped. I says the Torah, where are the other three? In a chanami. That's possible. But I need it to be b'shev v'altase in, in a passive form and not b'kum v'aseh, not to actively violate the prohibition. Now, all of this is the b'risa. Then says the Gemara as follows. When we bring that first spritz, haven't we already been yotze for the b'chor? Aren't we done now with the b'chor? Hasn't it, its zman passed? We see that time has now passed, that the mitzvah of the Bechor was done, yet. So therefore, we see that uh, that there could still be an Isra of Baltosif. Maybe we should say, isn't it because we would say in regards to a Bechor that that had it been that another Bechor was brought, that the Kohen would in fact do that sprinkling, therefore, therefore, the entire day is the Zman. Now, if we interpret the Brisa this way, that even after the first sprinkling, which should have been sufficient for a Bechor, we're still concerned about Baltosif. 
And the reason why we say that we're still concerned about Baltosif is because maybe another Bechor will be brought and the Kohen will have to sprinkle again. That was our question that we started with. I said it was a long-winded exposition, and in fact, it is. We had asked our question of Manatimra, how do we know that there is a link between Baltosif and the Ikerzman of a particular Isser? And this is the answer. The answer is from the Bryce of Bechor. Says the Gemara Mimai, how do you know that's true? We're 10, 11 lines from the bottom of Kav Chesimit base. How do you know that that's true? Dilma, perhaps, Kasava Rabbi Yoshua, that maybe Rabbi Yoshua holds very differently than we assumed yesterday. Maybe he holds uh, that mitzvos over alein afilu Maybe he holds that the Isser of Baltosif applies even outside of the time frame of a particular Isser. We don't have to hold that way. That was just what Rava had said on the previous Amud, and we were within that assumption. So says the Gemara, you misunderstood the, the, the whole argument. Why are we talking about the Bryce about Bechor? Anan says the Gemara, you're right. I, really, what we're talking about is something different. We're trying to figure out a complexity in the Gemara. Rav Shemin Bar Abba was one of the people who answered a question above. So above, we had asked the question, um, Rava had told us that, um, Rava had told us about this idea that uh, Baltosif only happens during a particular Zman. Abaye says, how do you know? And then we gave the answer from a, uh, uh, and, and then, and then uh, Abaye says, what about Hayashin Bishmini Basukkah? What about someone who sleeps in the Sukkah Yilake? And then Rava had answered that, no, it's only Bismanan. And Rav Shemin asked a question from the Kohanim to Duchen. Remember we said the Kohanim to Duchen and they wanted to add their own bracha. The Bryce says you're not allowed. So let's go back to where we are, 10 lines from the bottom. Anan, Hachika This is really the question that we're bothered by. Rav Shemin Bar Abba, my taima shavik masnisan umosiv mi brisa. Why is it that he left the Mishnah that I just brought about Bechor? And he asked this question from a brisa, which spoke about Birchas Kohanim. Yesterday's sample by Rav Shemin Bar Abba spoke about Birchas Kohanim and that there was a Kohen who wanted to add a bracha. We said he's not allowed to add a bracha because the whole day is fit for him to be giving a korban, fit for him to be giving a bracha. Boi, says the Gemara, Sorry, Losiv me must nisin. He should have asked from the Mishnah. Why? Because a Mishnah is always a better source, a more powerful source than a Brisa. Must nisin my time alomosiv. What's the reason why Rav Shemin Bar Abba didn't give the approach of the Mishnah, which the Mishnah was discussing the case of the Bechor? Why did he pick the case of Birchas Kohanim? Kevan de ilu misramile bucharacharina. Because had it been that there was another Bechor, he would have had to do another haza, therefore the same is true by a brysa as well, by the brysa that discusses the case of the birchas um, koanim, that had it been that there was another tzibur, so really there's no difference, and that's really what the Gemara was bothered by, why didn't Rav Shem and Bar Abba ask from the stronger of the two sources. Rav Shemin Bar Abba, Hasam lo sagi le de lo yai. Rav Shemin Bar Abba makes a distinction and tells us why is it that we tried to bring a proof from the world of the Brisa instead of the world of the um, of the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Hasam in regards to the Bechor, lo sagi de lo yahib. There is no circumstance in which that Kohen, for whom it's his shift, 
It's his mishmar that he would not bring the korban. But here, when it comes to the birchas he's not the only kohen. Other, that's different. That's not shift. Anyone can do the birchas konim. Anyone can go up on the duchan. So under those circumstances, he can get out of it. So that was why why the Gemara was bringing this whole umenat timra, this whole case about the the bloods that were mixed and the bechor, uh, was because that case is a stronger case than the case of the brisa. Then says the Gemara, going back to the whole sugya about. Um, about Abaye and Rava. So it says the Gemara, Rava Amar Latseis Lo Bay Kavana. This is an interesting distinction. When it comes to being Yotze and Mitzvah, so then Lo Bay Kavana. It could be an accident, you can be Yotze. However, La Avor, but to violate the Isra of Baltosif, then Bay Kavana. Great distinction. Okay, it says the Gemara, hold on one second. That's not necessarily true about the Baltosif. When it comes to the matandamim of Rabbiosi, what is Rabbioshua? Uh, excuse me, Rabbioshua holds that one sprinkling is enough. The lavor kavana, you'll still violate the Isra even without kavana. You don't. The bechor is done with right now. You're sprinkling for the other animal. We still say that you're over it. So therefore, the Gemara kind of slightly changes its answer two lines from the bottom, and then we'll jump into a connected sugya. Ela amar rava. Let's say slobay kavana, like we said that when it comes to the to being yotze a mitzvah lobay kavana, you don't need to have kavana to fulfill a mitzvah. But laavor, but when it comes to the isra baltosif, that depends. Bismano lobay kavana, in its right time. If it's during that time you're violating the isra uh, baltosif, then you're right lobay kavana. But shalobismano, if it's out of its normal time, then bay kavana. Otherwise, you would not be yotze. And that is how Rava closes out this sugya. Um, just to speak halacha lemaisa just for a moment, when it comes to mitzvos de oraisa, we assume in Shulchan Aruch that one is obligated to have kavana. So let's say, for example, a person's putting on their tefillin in the morning and they're 80% out cold. They're putting on their tefillin, but they're doing it like a robot. So we typically assume that when a person's putting on their tefillin, they know what they're doing. Okay, it's mitzvos anashim elumada, I understand. So yes, it's true. It's better, of course. It's a higher level of mitzvah srichos kavana to stop and pause and say, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm doing this because the, the Kodesh Baruch Hu asked me to do it. That's the right way to do it. When it comes to Dine de Rabbanan, we pask in mitzvahs ain't srichos kavana. And therefore, if you're washing the tilas yadayim for bread, and that's a mitzvah de Rabbanan, and someone is hawking you and telling you a vort that you're trying to not listen to, it doesn't matter. You're still yotze in the tilas yadayim. You can still make a bracha on that because that's a din de Rabbanan. Let's get into another sugya. Last line of Kav Chesim at Bays, really where today's daf should have started, just goes to show you how much later we would have been yesterday, another 14 minutes, that would have been bad. Omar Le Reb Zera, Lishame, he says to his servant, Ichvun v'takali, I want you to have kavana and blow shofar so I can be yote, top line of Chav Testament Aleph. So Alma, what does that show us about the sheet of Reb Zera that shows us that that the person blowing the shofar has to have kavana. He can't just be practicing, right? He has to have kavana to be motzi other people. Meisve, hold on one second. That's not true. As a person's walking behind a shul or their house is close enough to shul, and then he hears the sound of the shofar or he hears a person laning megillah. So what do we do under those circumstances? The circumstances. What about the Shomea? Not the Mashmia. What about the Shomea? The Shomea has to have in mind. Who cares what his feelings are? Even if he's not paying attention. The Mashmia wasn't thinking about him. Who is the Mashmia thinking about? The people in the room. Or maybe not even that. 
So says the Gemara, that's not true. That's not true. When a person is a shliach tzibur, they have a totally different brain. And their brain is not just thinking about the people in the room. They have room. They're thinking very broadly. The intent of a shliach tzibur is that anyone who hears me can be yotze. That's always going to be the mindset of a baltokea. And therefore, it's true that this brisa doesn't reference the specific mindset of the shliach tzibur, of the baltokea, but it doesn't matter because the shliach tzibur is always going to be that way. Toshma, let's try to question this idea again about the mashmia that he has to have kavanah. We saw the sugya once already, that if the person listening, trying to be Yotze, has in mind, but the mashmia doesn't have in mind, or the more likely case is the mashmia has you in mind, but you're, you're spaced out reading a book. We need both of them to be on the same page. And then the Brisa says, Katani, the Brisa seems to say that Mashmia Dumya Deshomea, that the person who is the Mashmia, the one making the sounds, the Baltokea, has to be the same as the Shomea in that Mashomea Shomea Atzmo, Af Mashmia Mashmia Atzmo. They have to have a minimum amount of intent that, they're, that they want to be Yote for themselves. So says the Gemara, the Katani Lo, and we see here that if that's the case, the Katani Lo Yotza, that you're not going to be Yote. Uh, he has to be thinking not only about himself, but he has to be thinking about others. Yet, uh, and, and we have to see how this fits in with the Shita of Rebzeir that we started with in the Sugya. So the Gemara says, you're right. When it comes to the Mashmiya, to the Baltokea, it's a Machlokes Tanoim. Says the Gemara, uh, 10, 12 lines down or so, 12 lines or so, Tanoihi. It's actually a Machlokes Tanoim, the Tanya, and this Shita, this Brisa will bring us to the new Mishnah, which seems to be totally out of left field. The Tanya, the Brisa writes, Shomeya... Shomea la'atmo umashmia, mashmia la'at, mashmia lefi darko. Right, that's everyone is uh, thinking about themselves. Amar of Yosi, That's only true that you can be yotze that way. When the mindset of the person is very is very grand, akule alma was the language of the Gemara before. But if it's not that way, if a person is just thinking about themselves, narcissism. I just want to be yotze myself. Lo yotze she is kaven shomea mashmia. Now, obviously, the highest level in which to do this is for a person to be totally dedicated and paying attention. The person who's about okay makes the announcement, I'm going to have all of you in mind. You should have yourselves in mind. Don't say Baruch Hu Baruch to the Brachas, all the normal announcements that we're used to. And that is, of course, ideal. Uh, what the Gemara is trying to push at is where's the line? And this is a very difficult thing to say. What is considered I have intention to listen? both on the Baltokea side and on the Shomea side. We can avoid all the Shilas by doing what's right and paying attention. But these are Shilas and Postgame as to what is considered. Talking about someone who's behind the shul that didn't hear the brachas and just hears the... Uh, the... I mean, the brachas are not ma'akev. We don't care. The brachas don't change anything. If you don't make the brachas, but you hear the shofar, you're still yotze. The brachas are derabanan. That's almost all brachos are derabanan, with the exception of birchos Torah and birchos hamazon. So if a person doesn't hear the brachos of shofar, but they hear the whole shofar, and they're sitting their eyes closed, all the kamanas of the Ariza, you're yote. In fact, you wouldn't, you would only be allowed to make brachos again, and we're going to learn this sugya today, um, if you're being moti somebody else for a mitzvah. Otherwise, you're done. You can't go back and make the brachos, because once the mitzvah is done, you're done. What are you going to do? So there are some rare exceptions, like by tzitzis and by talis and tefillin. Like if you forget to make a bracha, so you like move your tefillin around and make a new bracha, and you zizim mimakoma, and you like move that, fine, you can be, you can find a way to do it. But typically speaking, lulav and esrog, you're done. 
<laughs> you you pick up the esrog upside down and you and then you're done. So or the right way, and then you're done. So that's what the Gemara says that uh, we have to try and really have appropriate intentions. Third of the way down at the new Mishnah says the Mishnah, what is going on here? <laughs> Famous Pasuk, that when Moshe's arms were held up by the people around him, all of a sudden he's a crystal ball. Whatever happens with his hand, so then why are we put his hands down ever? Just pick him up all the way. We'll win all the wars. As long as the Jews were looking upwards. And they commit their hearts to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, then says the Gemara, and they would win. And if not, they would lose. Kayose Badavar, we have a very similar type of phraseology in a different Pasuk in Chumash. This was a, an unfortunate story for the Jews, and they people were dying from a magefa, they were bitten by snakes, and then they made a sraf. They made this little uh, they made this little stick with a snake on top, and anyone who saw it would live. Who's in charge? The snake's not in charge. So HaKadosh Baruch is in charge. So obviously, what, what does the Pasuk mean? It's teaching us something uh, as an aside. Same language. When the Jews are looking heavenward. And people are focusing their hearts on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they would be healed. And if not, they would be killed. Okay, then the Gemara gets back to Halacha, a very unique interjection as to why this is brought here. And if you look in Rashi, Rashi here doesn't even talk about it. Rashi and the Mishnah doesn't talk about it at all. So then what, the end of the Mishnah get, gets back to Halacha, we know are the categories of people who have no Halachic Das. They are considered a zero in Halacha as it relates to Das. That doesn't mean that they aren't bright. They might be very bright. They might be well beyond their years. There are a lot of mechabre svarim. I mean, the chef Shmeitzah finished the Sefer by 17. He wasn't smart when he was 13. He was a genius off the charts. But halachically, he has no das. It has nothing to do with how smart you are. This isn't an IQ test. It's a halachic assertion that until you're a bar chayuva, you have no das. And a cheresh, someone who is a deaf mute or a shota, someone who is not in charge of their mental faculties, which has a billion definitions, and that's very difficult to translate in halachic terms. So then under all those circumstances, we do not rely on a cheroshotavikotan to be yotze anything. We're going to get into some details here in the Gemara in a moment, but the Mishnah concludes, you have to be on a level playing field. The concept of arvus would indicate that as long as I am a bar and you are a bar no problem. I've shared this story before that I was at a dear friend's house in New York for Shabbos. And the, uh, the head of the table said, would anybody like to make Kiddush? And the young 20-year-old woman raised her hand and said, I would, Friday night. She took a cup, no problem at all. Men and women, I mean, it might possibly a Shaila in of possibly a Shaila of Kolisha, though the post can write that by Shiros Vesishbachos, the status of Kolisha might be a little different. We're not lenient on these things. The scenario was a unique one. It's the only time in my life I've ever been in such a circumstance. Um, but halach lamaisa, that kiddush works perfectly fine because that woman and me had the same halachic obligation, which is that kiddush on Friday night is a mitzvah do raisa for both of us. 
So just like a woman is mechuyeves in all the isurim of Shabbos, she also has a mitzvah say of saying Kiddush on Friday night. So as long as the level field is, uh, the, the playing field is level, you're good. But if you're a katan, cheshot of a katan, so then it doesn't work. Tana Rabbanan, the b'risa halfway down, gives us a lot more color in regards to the mitzvah of tkiyas shofar. Says the Gemara as it opens. Tana Rabbanan, the b'risa writes, <clears throat> this is in fact a tosefta and not a b'risa. Hakol chayavan b'tkiyas shofar. Everyone is obligated in tkiyas shofar. And then the Gemara goes on to list things that are seemingly obvious. Kohanim v'levim v'israelim. Gerim, converts, freed slaves, v'tumtum. A tumtum is a person who we cannot identify their, their, uh, their reproductive organs. It's unclear as to what, what, what gender the child is. Androgynous is a child who is presenting with both genitalia. Someone who is only uh, half Eved and half Ben Chorin. That can only happen in a case where the person is owned by two others and one person frees their 50% portion of a slave. Continues the, uh, and that's the end of the list. It says the Gemara, tumtum. when it comes to a tumtum, this person for whom we're not able to identify its gender because their skin covering over all of the anatomy, there's no protrusion of, an, of, the, of, the, males, of the male anatomy. And there's no, we just, we have no idea. And these are real cases. This happened to someone I know. They, I think I told this story too, that mazel tov, uh, I had a granddaughter. And then the next email went out, the bris is going to be next Tuesday. Because they couldn't see what they thought was supposed to be the case. So they usually do ultrasounds and they just see what's going on underneath and see what the organ structure is. Are there ovaries? Are there testicles? It's not, not so hard to determine. But when at Lafum Rieta, right away, when you look, it's very difficult to tell when babies are built in, in certain circumstances. So a tumtum, a person who has neither anatomy showing in a clear way, eno motzi lo esmino velo esheinomino. He can't be motzi, even other tumtumin. That's not allowed. Androgynous, motzi esmino. An androgynous who's showing both anatomies, so he can be motzi other people who are androgynous, but he cannot be motzi anyone else. This person who's half evid and half freed, him too, he is very limited. He can't. Uh, he can only take care of himself. Omar Mar, come on. That's like Captain Obvious material. So it says the Gemara Pshita, that's everybody. If these people are not going to be held accountable for the chiyuv of, uh, of Shofar, man what other Jews are there? <laughs> what, are you, what are we talking about? Everybody else on the list was a complicated case. What about the regular people? What about all of us? Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim? So it says the Gemara, you're actually right. It's, it, it should be relatively obvious, but there is a unique Havamina, one of two possible unique Havaminas. Here's the first, Kohanim, it's We need it for the case of Kohanim. Why? I might have thought as follows. That today is a day where you should hear the shofar. That a person who only has one day a year when they hear shofar, they're the only ones who would be obligated in shofar. But Vahani Kohanim, that's not the case. By Kohanim, they have to hear horns all year round. Every time they bring a korban, they have to hear the shofar. 
what does the Pasuk say? So because every time they bring a korban, there's chatzosros. So havamina, that the only people who would have been chayiv in, in Rosh Hashanah by shofar are people who are not obligated in shofar year-round. So therefore, maybe we would have thought that by the kohanim, that maybe they should not be obligated in the midst of shofar because Rosh Hashanah is not the only day that they have. They have the chatzosros all year-round. Wow, that is unbelievable. That maybe Kohanim, Avi, go take a walk, man. You are out and about on Rosh Hashanah. You're free to go. But then says the Gemara, terrible argument. Why? Because what type of horns were being blown by the Korbanos? Chatzotros. So says the Gemara, me dummy, 12 lines from the bottom, 15 lines from the bottom. You're comparing the shofar of a ram or any other kosher uh, animal for the shofar of a ram for Rosh Hashanah to the chatzotros, like a, a trumpet. What? What? Those two things are completely different. Not only that, the chatzotros aren't even kosher for Rosh Hashanah, so you can't even put them in the same boat. Ha'asam chatzotros, shofar by the korbanos, you're blowing. Yeah, it's totally not the same thing. How could you even compare the two? So says the Gemara, Ella, and this is a, a, a gears to change in the Gemara. And the Gemara says the Hagos Vitzionim writes in Os Katandalat on the side, Bitfus Krakow, Nosaf Kohan and Vilavim. It should say like this. Ella, Kohan and Vilavim Itzrich. We need it not for the Kohanim because of the argument above, but for Kohanim and Levim. Because Salka Daita Chamina, I might have thought as follows. Why would Kohanim and Levim be different? Because that because Yovel, the Yom Kippur, uh, Yovel is announced on Yom Kippur. So that Yom Kippur is similar to Rosh Hashanah in regards to Tzki and Brachos. So maybe I would have said, Man yovel, that a person who has the regular rules of Yovel, Isei B'mitzvah the Rosh Hashanah. And they're the ones who have the specific mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah, which is Shofar. But Vahani Kohanim Vilavim, the added word there, Vahani Kohanim Vilavim, their rules by Yovel are not the same. They have different standards. Why? Because their rules are different by Yovel. How are the rules different by Yovel? Because it's not last of the short lines on Dafchav Testament Aleph, 10 lines from the bottom. Because what does the Mishnah write? They're allowed to sell. They're allowed to buy. Everything is fine. Even during the Shemitah year, they're allowed to do that. During Yovel, no problem. So because they have a unique set of halachos that are different than the regular Yisraelim, I would have said, that because, because we compare Yom Kippur to Rosh Hashanah by Yovel, so then maybe we should have said that only people whose rules of Yovel are appropriately normal, and that excludes Kohanim and Levim, that's not correct. That really even Kohanim are required. What the Gemara doesn't speak about is why the word Yisrael was included in the list. You can give me an argument about Kohanim and maybe an argument about Kohanim and Levim, but the Gemara does not deal with why Yisrael was left in the Brisa. That should be obvious. And I have no idea why it was included. Because if you exclude it, well, I said, why? You're saying to phrase it in the negative that uh, right. these people everybody aren't not up, whatever. Could have been. I think my question is stronger than that answer, but uh, I'm not sure. I, I didn't look into this. These are things that just hit me as I'm learning, like, ah. I don't understand. The Gemara should have taken it all the way. What about Yisraelim? Maybe there's an exclusion for five other reasons. I don't know. Okay, two dots, eight lines from the bottom. 
First of the middle width lines, Misha Chetio Eved Vechetio Ben Chorin. We said that a person who is half owned and half freed, Eno Motzi Loas Mino, he cannot be Motzi other people, Veloas Sheino Mino, and certainly not others who are different than he is. Amar of Huna Ula Atzmo Motzi, but he is allowed to be Motzi himself. He's 50-50. He's half Jew and half Evet. So what should he do? So according to Rav Huna, he can be Motzi himself. Absolutely not. Why did we say that when it came to other people, that he was not allowed to be Motzi, those other people who are like him, who are the same min? Because because you can't separate from that person the half of him which is an Eved from the half of him which is a Ben Choren. And if that's true, you have a mechanical problem. 50% of the cells in his body are Eved. And 50% of the cells in his body are Ben Choren. You're going to hold up a cup and uh, you, what are you going to do? You're going to say Shofar? You're going to say Kiddush? No, you're not a Yid. You're 50% a Yid. You, can, you, you can't be motzi other people because of this concern. What about you? You're the same problem. It's a great question. So says the Gemara, you're right. Three lines from the bottom. Elo, Amar, Rav Nachman, Afla, Atzmo, Eino, Motzi. Unbelievable. You, you, you could never make, you can never do anything that's a mitzvah on your own. You can only be yotze mitzvahs through others who have a pure chiyuv. You're stuck. You're like trapped in the twilight zone because you're half and half. In fact, the Bryce support says that if you're half and half, that you are not able to be Motsi yourself. Changing gears a little bit, two lines from the bottom. Tani, Ava Bere de Rabzera, great first name. He says, that any bracha that you make, even though you were Yotze, you can be Motsi others. Except for Hamotzi and for Bore Priya Gafen. Rashi, six lines from the bottom, expands this. Rashi, it's not that there's any chova to eat. Oh. Ubizu, key language for the Rishonim and for Lambdas. Ubizu, ein kan arvus, she ein achova al haodam lo lishane velo livrich. Beautiful language of, the, of, of Rashi to give us the meat and potatoes of a sugya that we have no time to learn, which is that arvus only applies when there's a chiyuv. I can help you with making kiddush. I can help you with making shofar, and I can say, Baruch Hashem, as many times as is needed, but I already made a shahakol on my, my cold drink here. You, uh, you're, you're, you're laryngitic. Phil, can you make a bracha? Sorry, can't help you. The only time arva supplies between me and you is when there's a chiyuv shavu. But, but making a bracha is not a chiyuv. It's to avoid the iser shavu. So that's the lumdus that Rashi gives, a beautiful, short lumdus that Rashi gives, so stunning in, it, in his conciseness that he's able to encapsulate so much, but that is how Arvus works. Arvus isn't this lovey-dovey, everything goes kind of a thing. It's rigid. It has a format. It has rules. I can only help you fulfill a chiyuv, but to avoid the isra of achila without a bracha, that's on you. I can't make another bracha because of you. Had I not made one yet, no problem. I can make a bracha shahakal for all of you. That's fine. But once I make my bracha, we are done for. Good. 
So it says, the, it says the Gemara in the name of Ahab Abrei the Rav Zera that I can be motzi anyone, just not by birchos lechem birchos yain and by all other brachos. Shim lo yata motzi, v'im yata eno motzi. That had it been that you were not yote with your shahakol, then I could be motzi you. But im yata, if I was already yote with my shahakol, then eno motzi, then I can't help you. So says the Gemara. Boy, Rava, as we turn to the top of Chavtes and the base, looks like we're going to be going to the finish line here. Sorry. Birchas halechem shel matzah. I was a little presumptuous in my over-talking because the Gemara says, we know that the mitzvah de Orisa is matzah. What about the hamotzi? Can I make the hamotzi for you again? Or should I just say, instead of hamotzi lechem in haaretz? There are options. So what should I do? And, and the same thing for Kiddush Hayom. Do I have to say another Borek Priyagafen? Do we say, Do we say that because there is a mitzvah doraisa, granted the bracha is only derabonon, but because there's a mitzvah, then therefore I can repeat the component of that mitzvah, which is really a birchas anehenin, just a shahakal, or just, well, not a shahakal, but just a hamotzi, or just a Borek Priyagafen. Odilma, bracha lav chovahi. Great question. Great question. Really putting the test to how powerful is the bracha of Borei Priyagafen under the chuppah? How powerful is the bracha of Borei Priyagafen when I'm making Kiddush for you? I've already had a l'chaim. I'm going to make another shahakal on, a, on another l'chaim just because of you. So how far does it go? So it says the Gemara, Tashma, Amar Rabashi ki havinin ve when he was looking at and watching Rabbapi, havamikadishlan, he did it. That's how we paskin. This is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. If you look on the side, in the Ein Mishpat Ner Mitzvah, this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch, in Orachayim, Kuf Samach Zayin, Seif Kof, and in Hilchos Kiddush, in Reisha and Gimel, Seif Dalet. This is the din, that you are allowed to say Kiddush as many times as is needed for others to hear Kiddush. No problem at all. Continuing um, four lines down, five lines down, V'chi Havaasi Arise Midabra, when, or Midbara, when they would come in, when his Arise, when his, uh, when his workers his farmers would come in from the field, have a Makadesh, he would also make Kiddush for them. You can't set a table for guests unless you're making the meal with them. The assumption at the time is the Balabais would make all the brachos, but if you already ate, you should not be doing that. However, you are allowed to set the table and you are allowed to make brachos in order to be machanech your children in mitzvos, and then just closes out the Gemara of halaluv and Megillah, when it comes to halal and Megillah, you can repeat it for other people. I just wanted to highlight one halacha that is halacha lemaisa, that for those who are around young children, either as an educator or as a parent, you can make brachos on their behalf, even if you are not eating. That's what the Shulchan Aruch writes in Simon Kuf Samach Zayin, see if you attest. Misha'eno ochel, that we know, that's what we saw, that a person who uh, is not eating cannot just make a random bracha. You're allowed to make a bracha for those people. And we had a babysitter, a from babysitter who did this with my little tiny little kids when they were too young to speak. That is the din. And that's what the Mishnah Brewer says that also, even if they're not even at the age of Chinuch, just to make sure that it's Shogur Bifi, Baruch Great, make the bracha. If it's possible for you to eat a food, should you, could you? Yeah, I guess so. But that's not the din necessarily. The din is that you're allowed to do it. That brings us to the end of the parak. Hadron Allah, Ruhu Bezin, Yiratzom, we should come back to this daf 
in seven and a half years. Yom Tov Shel Rosh Hashanah Shechal Yos famous sugya. What happens when Rosh Hashanah coincides with Shabbos? The Mikdash Hayu Token Abal Lobe Medina. They would blow shofar in the base of Mikdash. We know Shvus Be Mikdash is Mutter. Anisar the Rabbanan in the base of Mikdash was removed because Kohanim was Rizanheim and a whole host of other other. Uh, um, other uh, reasons for that exclusion of Alobe Medina. However, the way we paskin is that we don't blow shofar on Shabbos that falls out on Rosh Hashanah. Now, Mishachara Beis Mikdash, very uniquely, Hiskin Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakash, you token Bechol Makom Sheyesh Bobezin. He said, I'm going to change things up a little bit, that even though it's true that the Beis Mikdash was destroyed, and even when the Beis Mikdash was around, the Medina it wasn't allowed. However, he says, I'm allowing one thing that whenever there is a Bezdin, I'm allowing people to be Tokea. On Shabbos, which is Rosh Hashanah, even after the Churban. It was such big shoulders. It's an unbelievable psak to say that. Because the Mishnah said a line ago, the Bimedina, even Bibinyano, it was Aser. And he was being Mekel Bechorbano as long as there was a Bezdin. Amar Belazar Lohiskin Rabbi Yochanan Menzakel Yavna Bilvad. He said that he only made one exception. It wasn't across the boards, it was only in Yavna. Says the Gemara, you don't know what you're talking about. Amrulo, they, we don't know who the they are. It seems to be other Tanaim. The Gemara is going to ask about this. Amrulo, they said to him, Echad be Echad Yavna, Echad Kolmakam Shieshbo Bezdin. Anywhere where there was a Bezdin, good to go. Rabbi Yochanan Menzakel was a Mekel. And Rosh Hashanah Shechalios Beshabis, one could be Tokea, even Bechorbano. Obviously, we don't pass in this way, because otherwise we'd all go run to the Aguda Bezdin or the CRC, and we would all hear uh, Shofar. The Od Zos Haisi Rishalim Yisera Al Yavna. This was one of the great uh, differences between Rishalim and Yavna. Shekol Ir Shehiroa Veshamas Vekrobe Yichola Lavo Token. Any place that was able to see Rishalim was able to be Tokea. Ube Yavna Loha Yotoken El Bebezdin Bilbad. There was a cool in Rishalim to still be Tokea as long as you were in eyesight of the of the Mikdash. But in Yavne and in other places where the Bezdin, it had to be actually in the Bezdin. Where do we know this limitation from that one is not allowed to blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah when it falls out on Shabbos? On Shabbos, it should just be a remembrance. It should actually be a day of, of hearing the shofar. When Shabbos coincides with Yom Tov, it's not allowed. One is allowed, one is not allowed. What does that imply? That implies that there's an Isser Daraisa to be Tokea B'Shofar because it's two Psukim. And the way that we split the Psukim is that the one that says that it's Shabbason Zichron, that implies that it's an Isser Daraisa to blow Shofar. Says the Gemara, Marova Imi he. If what you're saying is that it's really an Isser Daraisa to blow Shofar, then how did our Mishnah say that it's Mutter to blow Shofar? But Mikdash Hechi Takinon. That doesn't work. Our Mishnah said that you're allowed to blow the shofar in the Mikdash. If it's a Pasuk and Chomish, we're not lenient on Pesukim and Chomish in the base of Mikdash. We're only lenient on Shvusim and Dine de Rabbanon. So there's no possible way that that makes sense. Oh, and furthermore, Blowing shofar is not even something that warrants a Pasuk. What are you doing? You're using an instrument. Blowing the shofar is what's called a chachma. It's a wisdom. It's a complex thing, but it's not a malacha proper. It's an isr de rabbanan. It can't be that it's an isr de raisa. And therefore, we are uh, brought to a second answer, a more famous answer, the one that we know of, which is two thirds of the way down, a little bit more, three fourths of the way down, five lines before the wide lines. Midoraisa blowing shofar is absolutely motor. It's only an iser de Rabbanon. Kid de Rabba, just like Rabba. Amar Rabba, 
Really, everyone's obligated in Tkiya Shofar, but not everyone's an expert. So we have a Gzera that when Shabbos falls out on Rosh Hashanah that we don't blow Shofar because Gzera Shemi Lena Biyado, Is that a famous reason that we don't blow Shofar? All the Rishonim are all over this. All the Achronim are all over this. How do we give up the, the mazel of the Shofar against the Nisr? of a Gzera that doesn't even apply in a place where we have an Eru? Fine, not for now. Then says the Gemara, Bahainu Time and Dulula, Bahainu Time and Megillah that we expand these to, uh, to other days as well. I am going to push them. I'm sorry, but if you look at the next blot, Daflamid is uh, not short. So uh, we're just going to push to the end of the page. Then we saw the big kula of Hiskin, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbi Shabbos, that it was Shabbos day, and it was the Rosh Hashanah. So that, no, no big deal for Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Everybody come to Bezdin. Everyone was coming around the Bezdin to hear what was going on. They wanted to hear Shofar. Omar Lahem, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, the Bnei B'Seirah Niska, no, blow the shofar. Come on, it's time. Where I was right before, must have blow the shofar. Amrulo Nidon, we have to sit and talk out the sugya. This is a bad time to talk out the sugya. You're in Musaf now. You gotta blow the shofar. We're not talking. Amrulen Niska v'Achar Kach Nidon. Stop it. I'm in charge. You guys blow the shofar. We'll worry about this later. Lachar Shinisku. Fine, they listened to him because he was in charge. Lachar Shinisku. Amrulo Nidon. Yeah, they blew shofar, and then they said, "Okay, Rebbe, let's sit down and talk out the sugi." He's like, "We can't talk out the sugi." Amar lahem kvar nishma karen biyavna. People already heard the sound of a horn in Yavna. Vein meshivan lachar ma'isa. A little manipulation. Go clean your room, and I'll give you a no reward. Sorry, you're done. So what was going on here? He knew he was right. He had to get to the point of hearing Shofar. There was no time to talk out the Sigya. And that's what the Gemara says at these two dots. I'll just a drop more and we'll stop at the end of the page. So there's a strange machlokas in the Mishnah. That according to Rabbi Lazar and then no, but Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai was only lenient in Yavna, and then the phrase of Amrulo that they said it's not true. He was lenient. Uh, it was lenient everywhere. Amrulo, who are these people? Hainu Tanakama. It's the same exact shita. Sounds exactly the same. Why didn't it just say Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai? Why did it, somebody else get brought into the mission? We were fine. They agree with Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai. Hainu Tanakama says the Gemara. We'll conclude with this. The nafkamina would be whether it's a bezdin that's like a pop-up bezdin, like the ones we have by Atars Nadarim, or if it's a bezdin proper, like, well, again, what are the fixed ones that we have in town, the CRC, the Aguda, that would be the difference between them, whether Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, I don't know, it's hard to know exactly which one would be which. We need Rashi for that one, bezdin akroi. says Rashi, four lines from the bottom, the Tana Kama, Takinon, the Tana de Amru, the Tana de quote Amru lo, Sabar Echad Yavne, Echad Kolmakom, Sheesh Bezdin Kavua, it has to be a, a bezdin that's Kavua only. That's the sheet of Amru. With Yochanan ben Zakkai, uh, that's not the case. He was a little bit more expansive. We will stop right here, pick up tomorrow night on the bottom of Chav Testament base for Daf Lamed, wishing you all a beautiful night. For those of you who were not online before, we will be having our Siyum on Shabbos with a deluxe Kiddush, wishing you all a beautiful night.